1: They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. This is Sky Blues Extra.
2: Hello and welcome to another Sky Blues Extra podcast with me, David Moore. And as usual, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Andrew Greasley, and of course, Tom Ward. Evening, gents. Evening, Dave, mate. Evening, Dave. How are you doing? Very well. What an amazing performance we had this afternoon. It's official now. Mark Robbins is generally a genie writing history at Coventry City, The Sky Blues are now two points clear at the top of the League One table and also have a game in hand. To put that into perspective, lads, Coventry haven't been top of any division after the Christmas break since 1967, a massive 53 years ago. A really huge achievement. It was a really hard-fought game today, very thrilling performance against promotion rivals. Um, But what I'm going to do first is cast our minds back to actually the Rotherham fixture, which happened last Tuesday. And um, obviously... You know, a really important fixture for the Sky Blues. It ended in a draw. Probably, I think, a lot of Sky Blues fans hope that we could have got a full full three points there. But how did that sort of look, Andy, from a match stats perspective?
3: Yeah, it was really a game of two halves, Dave. Um, obviously, they came out of the traps really well. And then the Sky Blues really finished the second half really well and could have won it at the end. Uh, but the stats were saying uh, 50% possession so equal possession between the two sides. Eight shots versus eight shots, again, equal. Eight chances created for the Sky Blues versus their four, and 60% pass accuracy versus their 61%. So the stats, like the game, was very even, really, uh, Dave.
2: And uh, I think, you know, Mar- uh, Marco Morosi obviously got a little bit of stick for their equaliser. What did you think of that, Tom? Did you think it was just a lot of pressure? They a big side? Yeah, it was. It was a bit of a strange one, actually.
1: Um, I was trying to sort of unpick what happened. He he sort of parried a couple of shots just before it happened. Um, and I was starting to think whether he picked up an injury on his hand or so, that something wasn't right while he was parrying shots all of a sudden when he's been very comfortable at just bringing them into his body normally. And then they've got a corner and it's it's come in. And and, and the other thing was the ball was so greasy. I mean, it, it absolutely tipped it down just before kickoff. So Um, and yeah, he's just completely fluffed it, which was very, very unlike Marossi. Um, but yeah, very disappointing to, to go down, um, that early on, but, but yeah, we, we sort of grew back into the game quite quickly, which was good
2: to see. What did you make of the game, Andy? Was you impressed with the Sky Blues performance? Uh, not
3: particularly first half, no. I thought it was poor. Um, I didn't think it helped with Robins changing it to uh, a two up front. Um, I think that disrupted the midfield. Uh, the midfield had been playing well together as a four. and They'd been getting good partnerships together. And I think throwing another man up front, um, we struggled with it, really. Um, so the first half was really poor. Obviously, Morosi made his error uncharacteristic for him. Uh, but he made this absolutely wonderful world-class save to make up for it, you know, 10 minutes later. But it could have been easily 2-0 Rotherham. However, um, he got him in at half-time. I think he gave him a few uh, home truths, didn't he? Dabo came out after the game saying that that Robbins told him off, in in his words, and uh, they came out really well second half. We got the goal for a brilliant uh, header, with a brilliant cross from Dabo, great header by Godden, and we could have easily won the game at the end.
2: So we finished the game really strong, but
3: yeah... Like I said, a bit disappointing first half, but second half we uh, came out and got a deserved point.
2: Yeah, as you say, Andy, a really great finish by Matty Godden, and he had a really good chance, didn't he, to take all three points. Tom, how close was that chance that Matty Godden had towards the end of the game?
1: Yeah, really close. Um, yeah, pretty much a free header. Um, he, he really should have should have stuck that one away um, to, to win the game. So yeah, a little a little bit disappointing that he didn't he didn't stick that one away after his earlier one.
2: They're a really useful and big side, and I think that you, you know we, at times we did struggle. We we're a little bit lightweight at times in the midfield, aren't we? And and Darbo. Who who is is a little bit smaller as as uh, you know a fullback or a wingback if if you like but he actually came out from our poll as the man of the match he he got voted as the man of the match from the Sky Blues extra followers and we thank you all for joining in on our match day polls for that um, but darbo has been absolutely fantastic all season but what was extra special about his performance on this game Tom? Um,
1: yeah, I thought I thought he was brilliant again. Um, you know, if, just the goal itself, the way. His his first touch is just magnificent. You know, you you just bet your life on Dabo to bring it down every time, don't you? And Walsh puts a lovely ball over to him. He brings it down nicely. It, it sort of flicked up a little bit, but he just whipped it across perfectly for Godden. And, um, and he and he was doing that all game. He's def- he defended really well. Um, he's just been just been solid every week. So yeah, really, really, really impressed by Dabo. And he's just going from strength to strength to strength to strength.
2: And I think this, like you say, go from strength to strength. And the team has. I mean, when you look back at the fixtures, I think you mentioned to me earlier, Tom, around the club that have been, you know, September. I think may have it, we may have gone top for like a period in game nine. I think you mentioned, but after that, you know, and we we've started to really grow in confidence. If you look at the game that we played against Rotherham, perhaps at the start of the season there was a lot of areas we looked but we weren't quite ready to play the style of football we're playing now but now we're playing with so much confidence so much we're so resilient Andy what do you think has changed from from the start of the season to to now do you think it's the players have grown into that style of football or do you think they actually now believe they're you know title contenders bit
3: more belief, I think. Um, previously, we used to give away leads quite easily at times. Also, we used to come back really well, which we still do. Um, however, we see, we, we're seeing out games a lot better, um, not particularly the Rotherham game, because we had to come back from behind a game, which is a great trait to have. But generally, we are seeing games out more these days. And uh, instead
2: of losing and getting a point, we, we seem to
3: be getting three points now, which is great news.
2: And How strong was it from a mental ability, I I suppose, for the side that they they were playing their promotion rivals, two, two of the top of the table clash, and the draw meant that they were equal on points, but obviously had a game in hand, Tom?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, these are the sort of games that in seasons gone by, you know, we'd have, we'd have struggled and, you know, the pressure of a big game, you know, a decent crowd inside St. Andrews, but it didn't seem to phase us too much. You know, we we just played our stuff and, um, you know, it was really good to see us get back into the game and, and get a really, really important point from that game. You know, I came away from that thinking, you know, that was, that was great and, and we can move on to the to the next one.
2: Yeah, exactly. And on to the next one, we did move. But it it felt when this sort of crowd left on the Tuesday night on the Rotherham game, again, every week in week, we grow in belief and we grow in confidence that actually this squad and this team are more than capable of winning this league. And we just, you know, we displayed that again today. It was a thrilling, thrilling game at home to Sunderland. Obviously, we ran out at the end as 1-0 winners. Uh, a great finish again by matty gordon who's now got 13 in the league what was the stats for the game andy it seemed like a very hard fought you know performance against the you know promotion rivals what what was the stats
3: yeah the stats were similar to each other a bit like the Rotherham stats really but i'll go through them um we had 48% possession uh we had 10 shots versus their nine and we had 67% pass accuracy compared to their 69%. So if you look back at those stats there's nothing there wasn't really that much between the sides and and we thought that didn't we we when our preview of of the pod last week we said there wasn't going to be that many goals in it and we said maybe one goal would be enough and thankfully we got it through super maddie godden
2: yeah, a great finish. And very early on, lovely pass through from Alan, actually, who who managed to find uh, Godin. And we have spoke about him in many times, the way he sort of sits off that shoulder and, and drops the shoulder. And, and just, and again, great finish. Wonderful. And he's really flying at the moment. I think if, you know, 13 in the league, it's solid. When you look at um, rivals teams that have, you know, Peterborough, of course, probably the exception. But he is starting to get up there with some of the top league scorers. And if we can keep, you know, keep, Pushing forward with that, then I think he could definitely be there at the end of the season. A great finish, though, Tom.
1: Yeah, it's a wonderful finish. Um, yeah, I think it was a really good bit of work from. I think it was Walsh um, to Allen, and then the Sunderland players seemed to just sort of jump in, didn't they? Two or three of them, um, and Allen's just sort of slipped it to to Godden, um, and and the, their defence just parted. And it, actually, watching it live at the game, which he didn't quite pick up on the TV, was it looked like he had a lot of time. He sort of really set himself. And just smashed it into the bottom corner. He looks very confident. You know, he he is just a um, a fantastic um, finisher, isn't he?
2: Yeah, I think it. I think with strikers, all strikers, it's a confidence. You know, confidence thing and, and Godden seems to have that as well he needs needs that goal scoring to, to keep him confident and keep him scoring but it was a really really good performance I thought today from the Sky Blues I thought that they really dug in at times don't get me wrong there was there was periods of the game where we just had to really sit in and soak up a lot of pressure Sunderland is quite a physical side they do like to put balls into the box uh, especially when Lafferty came on. I think he was a bit of a handful and he looked like he could get a goal. But um, a really you know, spirited p- performance by the Sky Blues this afternoon. And I just think that now we've got to have that confidence to push forward. What was you impressed with today, Andy? I was impressed with the
3: start. We came out of the blocks really, really well. Uh, really put them on the back foot. Uh, Jamie Allen's ball was superb, like uh, Tom said. And uh, the super bagsman, uh, Godden, puts it away. So you'll be happy, won't you, Dave? with that one um so but aren't we all um he's on superb form so it's great news for all the sky blue fans um then after the goal they got a bit of a foothold in the goal uh, game sunderland they came back a little bit uh they missed a good really good opportunity at the back stick through flanagan uh that should have really been one all and then second half um it was a bit more even bit of cat and mouse between both sides and uh we managed to see this, the uh, game out. We could have even even gone 2-0 up with Godden at the end. That one just whistled past the post. So, no, all in all, uh, I was really impressed with the performance. It was all about the three points today, not the way we played. And uh, thankfully, we got them and uh, we're looking pretty now, aren't we?
2: Yeah, of course. No, we are. We're sitting very pretty at the top of the league. But, yeah, there were some really nervy moments. And, of course, Sunderland had that disallowed goal for the offside. Um, there was a bit of confusion between the ref and the linesman, Tom. That must have been some anxious moments in the ground. Obviously, myself, I was watching it from my niece's christening uh, in a bar. I probably should have been upstairs where the party was, but I was sort of snuck away and watched 90 minutes of football away from the the, the party. But at the ground, it must have been really, really tense. Yeah, it was tense. It was really nerve-wracking. I think what happened, you know, I think he was definitely
1: offside. That wasn't in in doubt. Um, But I think... The linesman had the sun in his eyes. So I think he couldn't tell if the the player had played the ball. Um, and I think for some reason nowadays, Linos you know, like to keep their flag down and let the play go on. Um, so it became a case of, I think he, he said to the ref, you know, has he touched the ball or not? And if he has, then obviously it's offside. So they just had to quickly confer on that. Obviously the ref has said, yeah, he's touched it. And and that's it, it's disallowed. So actually a bit of smart officiating, I thought there, um, to disallow that goal. And then... You know, the Sunderland players surrounding him and, and, you know, going mad at him. I don't know what they're thinking because he's clearly offside and he clearly touches it. So, um, yeah, just definitely ruled out. But, yeah, as you said, very nervy. But it was nice to see the the Sunderland fans kind of uh, quieting down a little bit after that one.
2: I think when you go one up at such, you know, so early on, you can't then keep your foot firmly to the floor 90 mile an hour trying to to get a second. And we did sort of the style that we had was very much we'll hit them on the counter. Um, It's not usually a style. We do counter really well as a team, but we usually either keep possession and work it from the front to the back and create chances that way. But it did seem today that after the early goal, Mark Robbins set his side up to then counter Andy.
3: Yeah, he did uh, a bit like Rotherham. Um, even against Rochdale, our possession hasn't been that great. Um, it's been similar before. Obviously, those games, like you said, we normally outpass teams, don't we, and have a lot more possession than the other teams. But recently, the last three games, they've been real dig out games, and um, it hasn't been about keeping the ball. And this on this occasion, yeah, we did hit them on the counter a little bit more, and it seemed to play on an our advantage. And like towards the end, we could have snuck it with Godden at the end through a great counter from a big. Salem Sam McCallum punt down the field. So, yeah, it has changed the last few games regarding possession, and uh, we we are coming a
2: little bit more of a counter uh, attacking team, which is uh, which we can do as well. And how important, Tom, were the centre backs today? Those three at the back were just absolutely solid, weren't they? Yeah,
1: they were brilliant again. You know, just getting their head into everything. There were so many balls coming in the box, and they were just getting it out every time. There was one I remember towards the end where Rose has just absolutely lumped it up right towards their corner. Um, you know, they're just ones you love to see when you're you know, when you're trying to defend out that one 0 lead. So yeah, I know the, the the three um three centre backs had a brilliant game again today and, and they're just they're really, really helping our, our cause this season, aren't they?
2: Yeah, they look really, really solid there. And I think you're right, you mentioned about that punt upfield and it's probably what we weren't doing enough at the start of the season when it was you know when in doubt hit you know smash it out is the the sort of manager's rally call isn't it in the changing room and that's really started to happen I think in the last couple of games we look a lot more comfortable in either playing the ball out or you know at times we shielded it out today and, and sent you know centre backs and wing backs did that and but yeah I think there was only one where McCallum perhaps got caught on on the second half but you know, sorry, the first half, I think, but majority of the time, you know, they were sort of shielding that out and they were, they were pretty good. What what do you think has sort of switched for, for the side of that? Do you think they've just grown in confidence as a, as a back three? I mean, they're playing week in, week out, aren't they? Obviously, you're going to grow as a, as, as a team throughout the season, but they just look a lot more, a lot more confident now, a lot more solid. And even McFad seen this afternoon played some absolutely lovely balls out and, and just looked really, really confident and no issues at all.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's exactly that. I think it's just growing in confidence, you know, playing when you play so many games together as a unit, you know, you are just gonna get the hang of it. Um and and, and there's some good experience in there. You know, McFadden's played quite a quite a number of games in League One. So um yeah, he's an experienced head in there. And and obviously Hyam, you know, has been playing for us for a while as well. So yeah, I think they're just a really solid unit. They've got Morosi behind them, who they trust, and they know they can play it back to when they need to. They've got brilliant midfielders right in front of them as well. So, yeah, it's, it it just works. You know, it works well as a as a unit at the moment.
2: And elsewhere on the pitch, obviously on midfield, it seems like Mark Robbins has settled with that starting eleven now. I know that we talk about Shipley got a lot of time for Shipley, a lot of time for Westbrook. They've come up with some really important goals throughout the whole season. But it seems that that Kelly Walsh. O'Hare and Allen, sort of four four players in that, that midfield pocket. They seem to be the pick of the bunch now, Andy.
3: Yeah, he seems to have settled on that, hasn't he, the four now. Um, he seems to bring in Westbrook and Shipley in for maybe the light or the minor games. Um, it seems that case. Um, and that wasn't always the case, obviously, with Allen being injured previously. You know, more Shipley and Westbrook were getting more game time. But now Allen's f- fully up to speed. Uh, it seems like he's he's totally settled on that. Uh, Alan and O'Hare in those attacking roles, supporting Godden.
2: Yeah, Alan ran out as a man of the match winner this afternoon as well. Fifty-two percent, over four hundred votes, and eight hundred and fifty-seven of you total joined in with the match day poll. I know there was a couple of comments on there about McFadden, and we have to agree. Actually, look, McFadden was absolutely fantastic. There's there's always an option to comment and we we really love the discussion we love our followers getting involved and it's great to see such passion actually in support for McFancy because he was phenomenal today and he really not only did he defend so well but he also organized the back three i thought really really well and at times you could see that he's experienced anyway but i think he, his organization skills today were just absolutely second to none they didn't really get a sniff we we pegged them at you know sort of made them cross from deep and we we dealt with it when we had to but no one really they didn't really get in behind did they they, they didn't i know they don't always try that f- football but there wasn't any options from to get in behind today tom no there wasn't really it it, it felt fairly comfortable um
1: for most of the game Um, they did have one or two decent chances like the one in the first half that um, that Andrew was mentioning but yeah apart from that didn't feel didn't feel too threatened as I said you know we worked really well as a unit Um, so no really really pleased
2: it did have a feel that they might get a goal. It didn't look like they were going to overplay us at all. And they were, like I say, limited to, to crossing from deep. But it just had that feeling and it? it had a bit of nervy. But you're always going to get that against, you know, the, the, their quality side in, in the league. If you look at the, you know, every sort of team in, in there, they're always going to be causing some sort of problems. But I think we dealt with that really well. We mentioned Alan as the man of a match. He made some real key contributions and his passing and keeping the ball was brilliant today, wasn't it, Andy? It was.
3: Um, he was outstanding today. He was a bit more chief creator than O'Hare than today. Um, if you go through his stats from the game, you know he was on the pitch for 79 minutes. He had one assist, two shots. He'd made 29 passes, completed. Um, but tellingly, he had four chances that he created, and that was uh, the most of any Sky Blues player. So, yeah. Uh, Jamie Allen was chief creator today. He created the first goal beautifully for Allen. Uh, for sorry, Matty Godden. Um He just waited for the Sunderland players just to bite, and then he just put it through. And then uh, Allen, obviously, uh, not Allen, sorry, uh, Godden put it away beautifully. Um, and then obviously he had a shot second half, which was parried by the keeper. But he made a couple of other chances for the Sky Blues as well. So he was the chief creator today, and he was he was outstanding um, today.
2: I think um, we, we've said the uh, last couple of weeks that McCallum had struggled. We thought he was a little bit off the mm-hmm. pace. I'd have to pull out both of the wingbacks, actually. I thought they were absolutely superb today and they gave us a lot more width. I felt that they were a lot further up the park than perhaps they had been in mm-hmm. previous games. How important were the wingbacks for us today, Tom?
1: Yeah, they they had good, good games. Um, I think McCallum put a really good shift in. It um, he, he can be a bit frustrating at times. So sometimes you just want him to bomb on a little bit more. Sometimes in the second half, I can you know we, he's right in front of us where we're sitting, and you just like come on, bomb on a bit more. But but yeah, no, he he did well. He defended well. He put a couple of really good tackles in um, at crucial times. And and obviously Dabo, just you know as, as we've come to expect, you know another another brilliant performance. His first touch was brilliant. So yeah, yeah, very pleased with the the wing backs today as well.
2: Is there anyone else for you Andy that you thought had a really really good game today anyone you'd like to sort of shine a light on?
3: McFadzie I thought when we put the Man of the Match post out and uh, I thought my phone was going to blow up the amount of notifications I got about him not being selected in the uh, top four but no I thought um he was outstanding. Like he's, You know, they were very good at set pieces. We said that, that they were going to be good at that and they were. They've got good delivery through Maguire and uh, they didn't disappoint, did they? And and, and McFadden was really, really like a magnet to his head today. He cleared his lines be- brilliantly and he, he was a leader in chief today for the Sky Blues and he was a vital part of the win.
2: I think we spoke already about, obviously, an early goal. It does change a lot of the style of football that you play, but... How do you feel as a whole, Mark Robbins got his tactics? Would you think they got him spot on, Tom? I mean, we sort of had, you know, no Max today. He didn't come on. Um, we made substitutions quite late in the game. But then again, it was was a quite tense. It's never really an ideal moment, is it, for subs to come on sometimes in such a sort of high-pressure environment towards the end of the game. That's when sort of cold legs can sometimes cause issues. But do you think he got his tactics spot on? Yeah, I think he did.
1: Yeah, I think it was a good good decision to bring um, Alan back into the midfield. We looked a bit better with that extra um, extra midfielder there. Um, I didn't see a massive need to change anything. Um, the only problem we've got is that play, people like Kelly well, did look a bit tired. I thought today, um, and I was actually chatting on the way out to a couple of mates and saying that maybe maybe it's time for Kelly to have a week off at some point. Um, because I don't, th- you know, we can still go and win a game without him in the team. And-, and maybe it would keep him fresh for the remaining 10 games that are really, really important. So, yeah, that was the only thing today that was a little bit um, disappointing that Kelly just looked. I don't know whether it is tiredness or whether he just had an off day, but he, he just seemed to struggle a, a little bit. But I don't, know who- I don't know who we could bring in for him, really. That's the only problem.
2: Yeah, he is Mr. Consistent, Kelly. He doesn't seem to have a terrible game at all. But there was times today he just looked a bit tired. He looked a bit slow on the ball um i think he looked like it. you know he misplaced a few passes and again he had an absolute wealth of shots which obviously went nowhere near the goal um but you know yeah i think it was a bit of an off day for kelly who would you sort of swap him with andy if you had to in in a fixture like tom mentioned it would be good to give uh, him a rest but who would you bring in if i had to
3: because yeah, i was agreed with uh, tom he did look a bit uh, jaded today didn't he um i would bring in i'd bring in westbrook for him Um, that's the only one I'll probably bring him in for but personally I I, I wouldn't that's not because obviously Westbrook's better in that more going forward role and so is Shippers but if I had to I'd put Westbrook but I don't think Robbins will I really do think he would have to play Kelly um, in these 11 games to, uh, to the end of the season because there's not really a midfielder that plays in that role like him. Walsh, he does, but Walsh is a bit more... He goes forward more. Kelly specifically sits, doesn't he? And uh, wins the ball and cuts. does a lot of interceptions. And I don't think really Westbrook or Shipley can do that as good as Walsh, uh, as good as uh, Kelly. So um, I think he'll play the 11, but if I had to, I'd... I'd put Westbrook
2: there. And Tom, if you had to bring in someone for Kelly, like you said about giving a rest, who would, who would it be for you? Yeah,
1: I'd probably go with Westbrook as well. But as Andy said, it is, it is a bit tricky really. Um, We haven't really got a sort of, another sort of holding midfielder in, in the squad really that's ready. Um, So, you know, it it, it is hard. And and Kelly's played a hell of a lot of games because I think he came back from injury in what, October and he seems to have played every minute since. So, you know, in big games as well. So, you know, yeah, but, you know, 11 games left, so he's just going to have to keep going and he can have a nice rest in the summer, can't he?
2: I, mean, I think for what it's worth, I actually think, I know Shippers is more of an attacking midfielder and we've seen him score and stuff this season, but I actually think that he could play a bit of a defensive role. I think if he sat in there with Walsh and you had Alan O'Hare with that sort of pressure, I, I think today, one thing I would say is the pressure that we we put on Sunderland, we really made, we 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 made sure that they couldn't play... I mean, they played some football at times. I I even said, you know, I was watching it. And I said to, to my, my dad, who's watching it with me, I said, look, actually, we've played some, they've played some great football at times. I thought they played some neat things. And sometimes, you know, you have to take your hat off when, when teams do that. But we did restrict them to quite a long ball. And they played a lot of long balls over, didn't they, that just seemed to go to no one. And we we looked very comfortable. And I think that came from that sort of high press, that pressure again. And I think that is what Alan gives us. O'Hare obviously works his socks off, Godin also. But Alan does give us that pressure in the mid park and. I think that was really important for us today, Andy.
3: It was, yeah. Jamie Allen was superb at the high press. Callum O'Hare does a similar job as well. And also Matty Godden also presses the back line really well. And uh, that's been that's been vital all season, hasn't it? The high press for us. And uh, no, we did that really well. Um, and, nine, and a lot of times people like Sunderland can't deal with it and they have to go long. A bit like Rotherham in, in midweek. We did the same to them. Um, and they went long a lot of the times as well, because if you press them high at this division, a lot of them can't pass through the press, can they? So uh, no, that was a good tactic by Robbins.
2: Yeah, and I was just looking at the fixtures actually that we've got coming up and a potential fixture that we could actually you know change the squad around a little bit and give Kelly a rest if, if that's what he needs. But you look at it and you think, I don't know where that's coming from, possibly Lincoln, um, but you wouldn't want to drop him against Wickham at home. You probably wouldn't even want to drop him away from home at Accrington. Peterborough at home is a really tough fixture. Gillingham away potentially. Oxford at home you wouldn't. Maybe Burton at home. So you know you look through the fixtures that we've still got, and there's just there's so many massive games in there that you, you really think that. And he is Mr. You know captain consistent. You just think that it's going to be tough to drop him in those fixtures, but. We'll see. Mark Robbins has, has done a great job so far this season in, in his man management, I think, and his squad selection. He's really brought players in at the right time. You look back at those FA Cup fixtures where he brought, obviously, Biamu in, and he went on to score in, in those fixtures. And I know he didn't figure today, but he seems you know waiting in the wings to get his chance if, if he needs to. But I think Mark Robbins has had his man management spot on, and I think he'll continue to do that. But Kelly does look like he could do with a rest, and and perhaps that would be one of those games maybe Shrewsbury at home or Lincoln away.
0: You're listening to Sky Blues Extra.
2: We're going to move on to this week's hot topic now, and we ask our valued followers who from the current squad could cut it at Championship level? or who may struggle and would need to be upgraded. I'm going to start off with you, Tom. Um, we we'll start from the back. We've got Marco Morosi who's been an absolute man-mountain for the Sky Blues so far this season. I think he's been really, really impressive. There's been some times where, he, when he's had the ball at his feet, he's perhaps struggled, but we look a really solid team with him behind us.
1: Yeah, we do. Um, I, I don't see... Yeah, morosi has been brilliant. Um, for me, he, he can definitely cut it in the league above. Um, I think good goalkeepers are hard to come by so I think we we found a real diamond there uh, and I just I think he'll only get better next season maybe his kicking could could slightly improve also, I was chatting to the guy next to me and he was saying that um, that there's people have been concerned about his kicking even when he was from a young age and it's something he's always been trying to work on so maybe a bit of work there but in terms of his shot stopping and his, you know, when the ball's at his feet and, and playing out from the back, he's been he's been brilliant. So yeah, no, no concerns over Morosi um from me anyway.
2: And Andy, we've obviously got superb back three now in McFadden, Rose and Hyam. Is there anyone there that you'd be concerned about stepping up to that high level?
3: Yeah, Fads. I think um he'll struggle at championship level. Um I think League One is his level. Don't get me wrong, he's been outstanding for us. But you can even see some of the mistakes he makes, you know, if he's playing at a higher level, at championship level, I think they'll become more frequent, Um, especially at his age as well. He's not getting any younger, is he? So I wouldn't take fads to the championship. Um, The only way I'd keep fads is around the dressing room and maybe, you know, a bit like Wes Morgan plays for Leicester, a bit like having around the changing room, because I bet he's good around the changing room and only play him in the cup games. Uh, That's the only way I'd keep fads. Um, The other two, Haim and Rose, not a problem. I'd keep them at championship levels. Um, They've got a lot of potential and they've got a way to improve as well. And I think if they played at a higher level, I think they could step up really well like they did against Birmingham in the cup.
2: And obviously the left-back is going to be exiting at the end of the season. We've got Mason, who would be potentially, at the moment, the only player that could come into that left-handed slot. It seems like that is definitely a position that we'd have to look at because we'd need some squad depth there anyway. But, Tom, what would you think about Mason?
1: Yeah, it's it's a hard one with Mason, isn't it? Because he hasn't played this season. Um, We we haven't really got much to judge him on. Uh, I think, that's, as you said, it's definitely an area we probably want to strengthen Um, We probably need someone who's played a lot of games, um, you know, is confident. And I'm not sure if Mason is that person. Um, You know, I think we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, weren't we? Potentially could be an understudy to someone again. Um, But yeah, I'm not sure if he'd he'd be ready for sort of, yeah, starting on the left side in the championship.
2: I don't think there's any questions over the, uh, his opposite, his colleague on the right hand side. Fankaty Darbo Andy has just been absolutely superb this season. You can't see that a player of his quality wouldn't be struggling in, in the championship.
3: No, uh Steam Train would not struggle in the championship by any means. No, he's been absolutely brilliant, an absolute revelation for us this season. His defending is even improved as well. The only thing I'd if going up to the championship level, if he wants to go to you know, being a top top championship player, I think the only thing I'd improve on is um, getting a few more goals. Um, I know McCallum's got three this season. And I don't think Dabo scored this season, has he? Apart from the two in his own net against Oxford. So to get him, to get him up to the next level, I think he starts needs to chip into chip in with a few more goals. But apart from that, his all round game is outstanding, and now he's definitely a championship player, and definitely I want
2: him coming with us. To be fair, they were great finishers, though, and they had absolutely no chance <laughs> no in chance saving done. them. We've um, got a couple of midfielders there that are going to obviously be exiting. I, I would imagine that Callum O'Hare is going to be recalled by Villa and not going out even to any other sides. I could imagine that if Villa do succumb to you know relegation from the premiership, then he would definitely be a key player for them. We've obviously got Westbrook, Allen, Shipley and Kelly... Is there anyone from there, Tom, that you'd be happy with sticking with, or do you think it's going to have to be a complete rotation of of, of those players?
1: I, I think there'll be a fair bit of rotation, to be honest. You know, I, lo- I love Shipley, I love Westbrook, but I'm not quite sure they're they're ready for the championship. You know, they've obviously come a very long way in, in a short space of time, but it is it is tough in the championship. It is it is, it is the next level up. So, I think we are going to have to make some some pretty big signings in the midfield to uh, to fill those gaps for sure.
2: Of course. And this is all hypothetical. I mean, there's none of us there's no chance of us getting carried away. I mean, me and Tom are just talking off air before we came on and we were saying that if you know, we sort of sneaked up and behind and it's not like us to be in this position. We don't really understand it. It's all a bit weird. Um and we're not really sure what's going on, but of course we're all enjoying the ride. But it's, it's great to pose these questions because it does mean that in the summer, you know, the club have got to come out early with, with their plan, really, their strategy plan of what's going to happen. There's going to be some money that's needed and to be spent. We look at the sort of strikers and we've got Matty Godden, obviously we purchased and um, that was Mark Robbins that brought him in. Do you think that that's a player that Mark Robbins brought in for us to get promotion? Or do you think that was a player that Mark Robbins thought, no, once we get promotion to the Championship, Godden would be able to slip in there nicely, Andy.
3: Yeah, I think he's uh, one for the future. He's a good age, isn't he? Um, and also with Godden, he's a goal scorer, isn't he? So whether he gets a chance at League One level or Championship level, nine times out of ten, he's going to score. So I think if we give him the uh, ammunition an, an, an for uh, goals in the Championship, he'll be able to score, no problem. So, yeah, I'll definitely keep Godden.
2: And Sky Blue Bull uh, from Twitter, thank you for your comment there. He said that Morosi, Rose, on Dabo, Allen, Westbrook and Godden would all be first teamers for the Sky Blues should they be playing in the championship next season. He also thinks that Mason, Kelly, Shipley and BMU would be good players for squad rotation. Um, Ian Gardner also said based on the 210 minutes we played against Birmingham in the cup, we were not far off. The defence was solid. You'd have to swap Mason for McCallum because he's exiting. Need to replace the two loanies carefully and another striker. Only Matty and Max likely to cut it. Taking that to uh, Max Biermu, Tom, what would you would you say that Max would be able to step up? I mean, he came from non-league football. Um, Of course, we, we know he's an absolute quality finisher of the ball acrobatic with it as well but do you think he's someone that would be able to step up to the championship
1: i think it'd be a big big step up for max um you know i absolutely love the guy to bits but you know as you said he has come from non-league he had what one season in league two where he didn't score a huge amount of goals you know he scored what a handful of you know worldies um important goals and then he obviously got injured last season so he had most of last season out which was disappointing. And then he's come back in this season, but not really made many starts. But as you said, he's had a few, you know, really good um, performances off the bench, scored some important goals. Um, I, I think my gut feeling is the championship might just be a little bit too too high level for for Max. Uh, definitely as a starter, starting striker, he might be able to do something off the bench or, you know, there's cup games and things like that. Um, but we probably are going to have to go out and look at a striker if we do get promoted, and and that's a big question then because what do you go for? You know, do you go for someone like James Collins, who's a you know someone a team that are going to come back down, and that you know a player wants to stay in the Championship? Do you go out and get like a, you know a big marquee signing? I think it's really hard um, to to sign a Championship striker. So yeah, we you know players like Godin are definitely going to have to push on um, to that next level.
2: Tom makes a really good point there Andy it is going to be quite tough you know do you go with the tried and trusted Sort of championship, but Mark Robbins doesn't seem to want to do that style. He's got a few older heads, obviously, in here, but he's instilled a real football inside. And if he took that style of football into the championship, you'd have to think that we'd be able to hold our own against some of the, the, you know, some of the bigger teams in there. What would you, your sort of, what would your transfer management sort of look like if we were to get to the championship and we need to make those changes? Would that be tried and tested, or do you think it would be trying to take a bit of a risk on some younger players?
3: Bit similar to this summer, really. i um, obviously getting some experienced heads, like you did with Fads. Got Jamie Allen in. They've got you know a lot of games under their belts at League One level. I'd look to obviously get a few players who have got games under their belt at Championship level, who's got a bit of experience, but which are who are good characters who want who are winners. Because um, I think character in the dressing room is very important, and I think the uh, character and the atmosphere we got in. This season's dressing room has took us a long way, hasn't it? Um, and then obviously I'd be looking at a few frees, see what we can do. Young, young getting a few young lads in. You know, the free transfers we got this season, you know, you know, Rose, Morosi, etc., have been absolutely a revelation. And then maybe if we've got a bit of cash from Joy, uh, maybe spend it on a on a on a centre midfielder <laughs> A Freddo, yeah, or yeah, or a centre-forward, or a mate. So, yeah, um, I'd, say, I'd definitely go down the same policy as what we've done this season. I think it works really well for the, mo- for the model of our club. And, um, yeah, I can see it being successful next season. I don't think we'll be challenging the playoffs next season if we go up, but I certainly think we can cement ourselves in the Championship, no problem at all.
2: Yeah, of course, there's still a long way to go. Like we said, I think it's 11, is it, cup finals left and we need to Mm. win all of them to make sure we cement promotion. It would be really tough on the Sky Blues now if we're in such a good strong position to actually slip back into that playoff spot because they are a lottery. And I think, I just don't think any of our nerves could take that, if I'm honest. You know, let's hope that we can continue to promote it. And then next year, it'd be really interesting to see how Mark Robbins, his transfer strategy going into that that championship should we get there. It would be great to hear from our followers. It's not too late, even though we've recorded the pod this evening, it's not too late to join him with a conversation around Mark Robbins and his transfer strategy next season. Just use the hashtag Sky Blues Extra Podcast and we'll try and include as many as we can next week and in future episodes. It's also worth noting to our followers that are listening, there is a competition at the moment to win a retro commentary City hat. You may have seen it on our Twitter feed. It's courtesy of Football Bobbles. They look really brilliant. We've got one of those to give away. Do join in. All you need to do is retweet the post on Twitter, and you can join in the competition, and you'll be in a chance of winning.
0: You're listening to Sky Blues Extra.
2: It's time to look forward now to this weekend's fixture. Another massive clash. They seem to come every single week. It just seems like a relentless League One fixture list that we just keep, you know, keeps coming and coming and coming. And we've got to keep those performances going. Um, The Sky Blues have already played Ipswich this season at home, of course, um, but we've also played them in the cup game. So it seems like all of those fixtures have have kind of blurred into one. But the game ended in a 1-1 draw. Let's have a listen back to that now. The weekend's match against Ipswich. So that's what
1: the applause is, as Ipswich uh, take the corner and the cross comes in from the left. And a short corner and they score. It was uh, Will Keane
3: again, who scored against the Sky Blues last week. A simple corner routine, a short corner. It came back to the taker, judge. His cross met by Will Keane's header. And it's Coventry City nil, Ipswich Town 1.
0: And the ball space to Pialmo! Chance for Biano. Goal for Bialmo! Rex Bialmo strikes the goal put out of midfield by Liam Kelly. And Bialmo threw on goal, took his side, and struck it low into the net. And the
1: sky Blues equalize through Bialmo.
2: It is Coventry City 1, Ipswich Town one. That was a good draw, lads, wasn't it? I think you know it was a very tough fixture. Um we seem to be playing them around that time every single week. Um, But one all against Ipswich, I think when you look back at the end of the season, that would be a a good result, especially when the way that we were playing at that time. um, Important point, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah, it was an important point. I think they were around the top of the table at the time. Um, So it was a
1: big game. Um, They took the lead, obviously. um, And then we've come back with with a Biamo equaliser. Um, And then, yeah, I think we played them then again in the cup, didn't we? Um, Twice. Um, and I think the, the standout performance actually of those three games was the away game uh, in the cup when we, we beat them two on away, which we were saying, you know, felt more like a sort of two or three nil really um, from the way we played. I think it was one of our best performances of the season. Um, so, you know, I'd love to see us go there um, on Saturday and put in a similar performance. And, and if we do, I can't see any reason why we won't come away with three points.
2: And a birthday win, Tom, I think you're going to be celebrating your birthday at the Ipswich games. So you're hoping for three points. It won't dampen your
1: spirits. Exactly. Yeah, we can go out for a few beers after and, you know, with the points in the bag, that would be that'd be lovely for my birthday.
2: There's been a lot of history between the teams. They've actually played each other a whopping 79 times in the league, with commentary winning just 20 of those fixtures. Draws have been 23 and Ipswich have taken 36 of the games. Our biggest win was 5-0 in 1966 season. But Andy, how's this one going to go?
3: Yeah, the form, their form is terrible. It's not very good at all, Dave. Um, they've lost in the last five games. They've lost three, won only one. It was a decent result, actually, against Burton. I think they hammered them 4-1, um, but Drew won uh, and Drew won. So, last game, obviously, on Saturday, they lost to Blackpool 2-1, which is not a great result because Blackpool have been awful this season, towards, well, especially recent times. They're ninth in the league at the moment, um, and like Tom said, when we played them in the FA Cup and when we played them in the league, they were near top, weren't they? So, they have slid down the table which is not, obviously, Portman Road and Ipswich Town are a big club. They've got relegated from the Championship last season and they'll be looking to come up. So there would be a few alarm bells ringing around Portman Road at the minute with this slide. And um, they have the 17th worst home record in the league, which is appalling for a big club like that. Um, they've played 15 at, at home, scored 23, which isn't too bad, uh, and let in 16.
2: You mentioned about that last time out fixture, uh, a loss against Blackpool. I think, like you said, they've won just one game in seven fixtures, uh, the 4-1 win that they took against Burton. James Norwood scored 11 in 32 for them, but their other striker, Caden Jackson, uh, also scored 11. Um, He was sent off in their defeat against Oxford and therefore will miss a visit of the Sky Blues. That's going to be quite important for us, isn't it, Tom?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think they, they're, they're struggling a bit with their squad at the moment. They've got a, a couple of key players out. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it looks, you know, it's like a tough game, but I, I don't see any reason why we can't go there full of confidence and, and get a win. We've had some really tough games recently and we've got through them fine. So, you know, I'm looking at them and their form and, it, you know, it really is a game we should be should be going out to win, I think.
2: Yeah, and it's important, I think, to go with the confidence, you know, we're top of the league, we we'd need to be doing that. But it's never an easy place to go. Porton Road, and we've been a there's been a lot of different formations for Robbins. Like we said, he does seem to have fixed on that four in the middle of the park. Now is mm. is back four, sorry back three, uh, and his two wing backs seem to be very settled. And you can't see Morosi going anywhere. What would your squad lineup be for this game, Andy?
3: I wouldn't change it from what what it was today. Uh, I'd go with Morosi in goal, um, the steam train, Dabo, McCallum, Hyam, Fads. And Rose, and then I'd go with Kelly and Walsh in those pivots, even though Kelly looks a bit tired. i will still play him because Ipswich Town's a big game, isn't it? Tough away fixture. Um, and then I'd play Oak Allen, who was outstanding today, and Cal O'Hare. And then obviously I'll play Super Matty Godden up top, not Biamo this time.
2: Fair enough. And Tom, mm-hmm. would you change it from Andy's selection or would you keep it pretty much the same? I'd go exactly the same
1: as as Andy. Um I don't think you should change the winning team. Um, They're doing well. So, yeah, let's, you know, let's keep it the same.
2: I think the players are still chomping at the bit as well. There's a lot, you know, Shipley, you still see him come out on Twitter. He's, you know, massive, top of the league. You can see there doesn't seem to be any friction around, you know, players that perhaps were playing at the start of the season and now are not getting as many minutes. I think I'd have to agree with you. The squad lineup has got to be exactly the same as today. I think Alan gave us, again, that real bite in the middle of the park, that pressure, and I think we're going to need that away from home to get into the sort of Ipswich faces early. What would your score predictions be for this fixtures, lads? What would you be going for, Andy? I think this
3: is going to be a little bit harder than we think. Um, I do think it's going to be a draw, 1-1. One, one.
1: Tom? I'll go for a 2-1 win. And I'll go with Godden and Allen to get the goals.
2: Fair enough. I actually, uh, again, I'm, I'm not too sure. I feel like... I don't want to say it, but I feel like this could be a loss. It feels like one of those fixtures we could slip up. It would just be so cov, wouldn't it, to go sure. top of the league, game in hand, everything looking rosy, and then go to Portland Road, which is a tough fixture, uh, and and go and lose. So I, I don't really want to say we're going to lose. Um, so it's going to be tight, and I'd hope that we could go for a 1-0 win, uh, and hopefully that would be that would be enough for us to, to get all three points. I think it would probably be Matty Godden or Cow O'Hare that would probably be on the score sheet. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. I think it's gonna be a really, really tough fixture. But you know, what a what a season so far, chaps. It's just been incredible, hasn't it? Tom, what you know, sum up this season so far for you as, as a Coventry fan that's you know, going back last five seasons, for example, it's not bar the Wembley, bar the obviously League Two and the promotion. Other than that, there's not been a lot to shout about and it feels a lot different this season.
1: Yeah, it really has. It's it's been a crazy season. I, I was chatting to Nick on the train home today and we was I was just trying to work out. I was saying to him, you know, what what were we actually aiming for this season? Because I can't remember in the summer what we were talking about. Was it oh we'll try and get the playoffs or did we even think autos was a possibility? I just couldn't remember what we were aiming for. And I think I think thinking back, it probably was sort of playoffs. It was, well, you know, we finished eighth first season back in League One, you know, can we push for that sixth spot, maybe, you know, fifth, fourth, whatever, and that would be a great season. And I think, you know, it got sort of halfway through the season and we were looking thinking, well, we're only a few points off the autos and it's quite a tight league with a couple of games in hand. Um, and then we've just gone on this fantastic run since Christmas. Um, what have we, is it, what, 10 wins in out of 13 or something? Just winning every week, which has put us right into the mix. Uh, and now it's like autos is is what we we have to get now. It's really in our hands, and I think we'd be disappointed with playoffs. And actually, now it's it's almost gone to the point of well, let's win the league. Like that's our next kind of target. The next thing we're aiming for is actually to go and win the league. Which, you know, I, I didn't think I'd be saying at all at the start of the season. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been an amazing season. Um, it's been a pleasure to watch watch the city, and I just really hope we can see out the job now. I, I think we can. I think coming away from the ground today, I just had a lot of belief. You know, it just felt like this, this is our year. Um So, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great if we could, you know, the, the icing on the cake would be that title, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think off the pitch, it's not something I'm going to get bogged down in now because we're, you know, towards the end of the show and we could be here all evening. But I think it we really needed this, um, you know, and I think once if this does happen and we do go up through autos it'd be great to win the league the fans need to come together again it's been a very tough season off the pitch I think for everyone involved in Coventry City Football Club it hasn't really spilled on, onto the pitch and, and that's good to see it hasn't put the lads off they've played some incredible football um, I think that's the other thing that we always speak about and Tom we talk about this a lot we watch, we watch away teams and we, we just think how could you watch that every week and it's, it seems like such snobbery Actually, from us, but I, I wouldn't settle for anything else than that. Passing football. What, what do you think, Andy?
3: Yeah, I've been, you know, so impressed with uh, this season. I was like with Tom, you know, at the start of the season. I think the best we were looking at was was playoffs, if we were being realistic. But now we're looking, we're looking for that title, aren't we? And uh, I think we can do it. Um, and a fair play to Robbins and the way he's turned. We obviously spoke about Robbins last week about. Is he the greatest manager of Coventry of all time? But you know he, he's getting there now, and um, the way he's built a team this season, and from his recruitment stuff, you know, little changes at the training ground, he's just improving morale day by day, and and the, the football we play as well is just so so nice to watch, isn't it? It's the best football I've seen since our Premier League days. Um, so you know it's all positive at, at Coventry City. We're just obviously getting back to off the pe- off the field problems. We need to sort, obviously, if we go back up as champions or we go back up a second into the championship, we do need to get back to Coventry. Um, because, you know, imagine playing the Villa at the Rico Arena next season. It'd be pretty tasty, wouldn't it, lads?
2: Yeah, that's a fair point, isn't it? You'd hate to be playing Villa, would you, at, at Birmingham St Andrews. That that really does sound when when you said that, I haven't really thought about it, but you know, it's been it's been absolutely from a personal point of view, it's been it's been a necessity. I think we've played some good football at St Andrews um i i don't think it's it's not ideal no one wants to see their team play away from their city but yeah i think we've mentioned about it on the pod before about we really want to see the sky blues back in their own city and playing football at the rico um but it would really be really tough to watch commentary versus aston villa should that be a fixture at st andrews tom
1: yeah absolutely it's got we've got to get back to the rico um And I think we will, you know, from some of the whispers I've been hearing, it it sounds like we will be back and I hope that's the case. Um, I just hope the club kind of deal with it in the right way. So obviously the earlier they can announce it, the better. You know, there's obviously a lot of hype at the moment. You know, you saw the crowd on Tuesday for for the Rotherham game. You know, something like two thousand on the gate, which is which is a lot for a Tuesday night um, to pay on the gate. So, you know, to build on that hype that there is around the club and the positivity. Um, you know, we were chatting earlier on the WhatsApp group around kind of you know offers for the fans, and I was saying something around you know could they do a you know everyone who's bought a season ticket to go back to the Rico bring a mate for a fiver on the opening day and You know, just just get as much hype and as many people in the ground as we can, because people will buy season tickets um, and people will come back. But it's really important how they deal with that and the pricing and everything like that, just to, to, you know, really give something back to the fans who've, you know, followed the club, uh, obviously, in Birmingham
2: potential season ticket sales is huge for uh, transfer management um you know the funds that's going to be available made to Mark Robbins. again i have to keep saying it should we progress into the championship because we don't want to get carried away but that that's going to be really important and i think like you say announcing that that return to the Rico, if that's what's going to happen, just, it needs to be, it needs to be upfront and clarity, doesn't it? Because we really do need that straight away so that season ticket sales can, can go. And it'd be great to see the Rico absolutely rocking back on, you know, that first game of the season, perhaps at the Rico. That's, that's I think that's what we all want and that's what we all need. But again, like we say, fantastic so far. I, I think like if I was, at the start of the season playoffs, maybe you think that would be something that we'd be aiming for, but it was never sort of a sure thing. Um, automatics, I think was probably never really in, in on the landscape. So it, it's it been a phenomenal season so far. It would be great to go up. Andy, what what did you think at the start of the season? Where would you been, been aiming for?
3: Like I said earlier, I think I would have been aiming for the playoffs. Um, definitely. Um, I didn't think we'd be in this position. No way. Um, I thought we'd be playoffs minimum a push, really. Like I said, the recruitment's been brilliant and let's get back to the Rico as champions and then uh, we can get, like Robin said in his uh, interview a couple of weeks ago, he wants to get back to the Rico and he was saying that he wants to get, be big on season tickets. So I believe what Tom says as well, I, I think we'll get back to the Rico for some reason. Um, I do think we're going to go back there and, uh, and I think Robin's has had meetings with with. The hierarchy of the club and I, I think um, I think maybe he's been promised to, to get back to the Rico and that's why he was talking about season tickets two weeks ago.
2: Yeah, it does seem to s- suggest that the uh, off-the-pitch whispers that we're kind of mm. hearing now coming out in the club and the comments made by Mark Robbins, it does seem that it's almost like a bit of an ultimatum that that's got to happen. Um, I think there's been some whispers that potentially it's been looked at already for, for this season. So but let's hope that that's going to that's gonna get resolved. I'm sure it will. The, the club's being fantastic. But we've still got some massive games left, haven't we? And, you know, you look through the fiction list. Is there anything there that you think could be a potential banana skin for us, Tom? Yeah, there's some tough games. It's hard to kind of predict what it's going to be like because one way of
1: looking at it is you've got a lot of these sort of mid-table teams. You know, I'm I'm talking about people like Gillingham, Blackpool, Burton, who they're relatively safe. They're not going to go down. You know, I think the relegation zone's pretty done and dusted now, isn't it? Um, There's probably only one place left and, you know, Tram are a a, a bit adrift now. Um, and, And there's a bit of a gap to the playoffs. So is it a case of, these teams are going to roll over and we can go and go out and beat them and, and maybe start picking off some teams quite comfortably. I'd like to see that. Or is it that that phase of the season where, you know, players are a bit more relaxed and there's not as much pressure on them and they just come out and play a lot better. So hard to tell really. But yeah, I think, you know, those some of those games are going to be tricky. You know, look at ones like Gillingham and Accrington away. They're not easy places to go to. Um, they're, they're tough games, but I, th- I think we've got enough in the locker I was just doing a bit of working out earlier. I think, I think we need another seven wins to do it, um, which I think we can get seven out of 11 with maybe, you know, two or three draws in there. I think, I think that would be enough, you know, sort of eight 87 point mark, I think would be, would be comfortable for automatics.
2: Yeah, and a lot of the other teams have all got to play each other. Don't get me wrong, we've still got some tough fixtures going. But we actually seem quite fortunate the way that they're going to roll out. You look at this weekend, we've got Ipswich. Then we've got Shrewsbury, Lincoln. Then it's on to Wickham. You'd have to say Accrington's a bit of an easier fixture and there could be a chance there for some squad rotation. Then we play Peterborough at home and gilling them away then so again the Jill's fixture although they've been a bit better lately I I think they've they've improved somewhat that would be a fixture you think you could actually rest some players Uh, then you go on to Oxford again that's going to be a tough fixture I'd imagine and we close the season with with Burton at home and and Wimbledon away which um, that's going to be an absolute scramble for tickets isn't it Andy? Yeah
3: Wimbledon away will be Dave yeah definitely yeah Uh, that ground's tiny isn't it so yeah I think, I think uh, it
2: was a some, former Sabutio pitch, wasn't it? And
3: then it Yeah, yeah, I think it was. So I think you might even see a few people on the roof that day if if we've won the title or if we've got to get some points there. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely rammed down in Wimbledon that day. So, um, yeah, let's hope we maybe have got it tied up before that. But going back to Tom's point, um, there's a lot of hard fixtures to come, but I think we can get the seven wins out, out of those fixtures you know, we've got a few tough games, but those tough games are at home. So, and our home record has been good, hasn't it? So, fingers crossed we can get the job done at home and then pick a few vital victories away from home as well. Lads, do you, do you think it's a shame that we're playing Wimbledon away on the
1: last day? Because, like you say, it is I think you get about 700 there, don't you? Um mm-hmm. And if we were to go up, would it feel a bit flat that, you know, there's so few there? Or would we not care?
2: I think I'd just like to see as many people in London as possible come down. I'd treat it almost like Wembley. I think it'd just be... It's going to be unfortunate that people aren't going to be able to go to the game, but I don't know. It just feels like, what else would you do? I think, for me, I'd... I'd, I hope West Midlands Police aren't listening, but I'd go down if I didn't have a ticket, 100%.
3: Yeah, I think Dave's right there. I think Sky Blues, even if they haven't got a ticket, they'll just... Wade themselves down there will not they I think uh, you know and then have a good night out in London afterwards will not they it's
1: yeah, some yeah, party yeah.
3: that yeah and they'll still have things
1: like the the bus open top bus tour we're back in Coventry and all that yeah. but anyway we're getting carried away so you know <laughs> yeah stop
3: stop, stop <laughs> it
2: <laughs> yeah uh, Ipswich then Shrewsbury uh, let's mm. go back get back to reality but no it, it is it is it's really hard not to get carried away I think and um yeah it's going to be a magnificent roller coaster journey to the end of the season let's hope that we can keep hold of those automatic positions it'd be absolutely fantastic to go up as champions of course but the last thing I think we'd want now in the position that we've got um what is it with five points clear of third is it yeah yeah awesome. five points clear of third yeah and we've got two games in hand on majority of the teams in in the playoffs. I think with everyone else, that's just the one. I think it's only Fleetwood, isn't it, that I think have got you know a fair number of games in hand as well, similar to our, ourselves.
3: Seven point buffer, Dave, between us and the play outside the playoff seventh. So, yeah, uh, decent points margin that is.
2: It does look really, really promising, doesn't it? But yeah, you're only a couple of losses away, mm. aren't you, from getting pulled back into it, and then a nervy finish and. You know, some of those teams that are finishing fast, I think Fleet would have put in some decent performances lately. You know, you don't want to be hitting, hitting those teams that are hitting form in the playoffs. That could be a really, really nervy, uh, you know, end to the season. So let's hope the Sky Blues can continue. And as usual, we say to our followers on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you get to listen to that first and join us for all of the Matt reaction. And we also have comments from the manager and join in with the competitions as well. That's pretty much the end of the show this evening. And it's just good night from me and good night from Andy and Tom. Hi Dave. Good night.
0: Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast.